Welcome to this episode in which we cast away one of the Whiskey World's finest to our secret island location. He's a leading whiskey expert, has worked in the industry now for more than 25 years, and his knowledge extends beyond Scotch, well past the borders of Scotland. And he is a keeper of the quake. He joins us on a Skype call, so let's find out who it is. My name is Robin Cooper. Um, I am the Global Whiskey Advocate at Campari Group. So that's my job title. Um, so my responsibilities would be um, working in the global brand team, obviously, on uh, you know, um, innovation. It's a big part of my role. Um, we do a lot of um, liquid evaluation as well. So innovation, liquid evaluation, um, but then I will also I I have my uh, um, my sort of out on the road job as a, a brand ambassador. So I'm traveling a lot. Well, albeit right now we're kind of on lockdown, but um, do a lot of um, travel throughout the U.S. and uh, you know across global markets as well, in front of consumers, trade with our, amongst our own people, the sales team, etc. So. And just um, just for those, uh, cool. And just for those that that don't know, what uh, what brands are you representing at the moment? So the main focus for me uh, would be Glen Grant, um, our single malt Scotch whisky. It's a Speyside distillery. So Campari are beginning to you know build the brand. Um, we're going to be relaunching the brand. Uh, later this year in, in a new label same bottle new label the liquid will still be the same and um and then wild turkey um so i'm based here in the u.s where obviously it's a big uh, bourbon market but uh, at the same time um despite the lockdown etc um there is an opportunity to grow wild turkey um in some of the international markets where bourbon is is starting to Gain a little bit of a uh, bit of traction in in some of the European markets and beyond. Cool. So two two arms of uh, of distilling then mash bills and single malts. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So, I mean, a lot of times I'll, I'll be focused on one brand per trip. It, it just pretends. I mean, different marks have different needs. So. So, but yes, it's uh, it's quite a juggling act sometimes, Rob, when you're switching from you know straight bourbon to single malt Scotch whiskey. Yeah, I can imagine. So, Robin, we're going to okay. cast we're oh, going to cast you off to our uh, 
to our desert island in the middle of nowhere, although given the situation at the moment, you probably don't need that much more isolation. So what's the first whiskey you're going to take with you? I'm going to go for Glen Grant, 10 years old. Okay, and and tell us why. Well, this must be, I mean, it has to be one of my favourites for a while now. Um, I mean, it's consistently performed very well amongst, you know, those in the know. Um, highly re- recommended by the experts. Um, that's the first thing, but that obviously doesn't drive one's own particular taste. But I think it delivers very well on the nose, on the palate, and on the finish. I mean, I think that's what you want from a well-made whiskey. I mean, it's it's wonderfully complex and balanced. It's yet it's easy to drink. Um, almost bordering on the dangerously easy to drink. Um, but it's, uh, like I say, it's a very elegant dram, and it's very, very good value for money. Okay. Okay, great. So, what's what's whiskey number two going to be? It's going to have to be um, Ardbeg, 10 years old, um, I used to work for the brand many, many years ago, um, but it's, I always have a bottle at, at, at home and it, it is the, the polar opposite of Glen Grant. I mean, it's everything Glen Grant isn't. It's big, it's thick, it's oily, it's smoky. You get that, you know, iodine, um, you know, that, that seaweedy almost, um, essence of it. I mean, it's, uh, it's um, just a lovely whiskey. I always love Ardbeg. So from one end of the spectrum to the other, I can't wait to hear what whiskey number three is going to be. Well, number three is um, probably, probably for me, one of the most, most iconic whiskeys um, that I know. I mean, I'll, you know, especially from my days growing up in Edinburgh, um, and I worked in pubs across the city. Uh, and, you know, quite a lot of the regulars would sort of tell you what their favourite was, you know. And it would always be, you know, quite often be Black Bottle. Um, and oh, it still yeah. kind of hasn't really changed much. The label hasn't changed. And it still really deliver, delivers on, you know, that rich complex, you know, bold, you know, that layers of smokiness. It, it, it's a great whiskey. Okay, so let's move on to whiskey number four. Getting there slowly now. Yeah, no, it keeps going from the, the mad to the ridiculous here, Rob. Um, it's Wild Turkey 101 Kentucky Straight Bourbon. Um, very different beast to single malt Scotch whiskey or, or blended malt whiskey. But, but um, and again, ingredients are very, very different. I mean, rather than malted barley, it's a, a mash of corn and equal parts of rye and malted barley. So very complex, um, uh, but, but very balanced at the same time. You know, you, you get that sweetness from the, the corn, but also the, the kind of fruity nuttiness from the barley. And then the sort of peppery spice from the rye, it's, it's quite a, a different taste from malt whiskey um it's quite a big and robust bourbon the well turkey 101 um and uh very again a very well-made spirit 
Well, whilst, whilst we're talking, switching from single malt to bourbon, do you find people drink both, or do you find that people tend to have a preference one way or the other and don't never the twain shall meet? That's you know that's a very good question because when I came to the US about seventeen years ago, it was very much like that. You're a bourbon drinker, or you were a Scotch drinker, and and never the twain would meet. But I think nowadays, with um, the, the growth of the industry and the, the innovation that's come into it, um, and then now you have this tribe of whiskey experts, you know, and there's so many of them that I mean, you know, there's once upon a time you would have whiskey fest. Now you have whiskey clubs, consumers getting together, you know, in the local neighbourhoods, and they're you know, the, the, the divide has been crossed all the time. And I think that with the revival of bourbon and, um, and you know, the growth of Scotch whiskey and Japanese whiskey and Irish whiskey and, 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 all, and the renaissance of rye whiskey, I see people are sort of, you know, they're, they're becoming a little bit more whiskey uh, promiscuous in a way. They're trying different whiskeys. And, you know, they're wanting to fast track to become experts. So I see a lot more crossovers now. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So the final whiskey. We've gone from from Glen Grant 10 all the way up to Wild Turkey 101, one end of the spectrum to the other, including Pete. So where do we go for number five then? Gosh, well, this was something that I tried several weeks Several years ago, it's Oichi, oh, sorry, Yoichi, 16 years old, single malt Japanese whiskey made at Nika. This was a, a unicorn, um, a one-off. Um, it cost me about $90 a bottle, but it just was, at, it more sort of more in the Glen Grant style, so more of a lighter, more sort of gentle, delicate style, but it was just delicious. It was it was, it was just a ne- it was like a nectar. That's all I can say. It was, it was just a- a- absolutely stunning, stunning. Yeah. Okay. It would be a bit. It, it would. It would be about ten times the price now. So. If you could um, get hold of Japanese it. Japanese whiskey. Well, I thought I don't think they bottle it anymore. Um, uh, are you yeah, seeing? It would be very expensive now. Are you seeing much of it on your travels in the states, Japanese? Well, what I do see is a lot of um, new Japanese whiskies entering the American market. Um, many of them are blends. Many of them are made from rice, um, but they do command a very high price, and there is a, quite a cult following behind them. And I think that, and I also see that, you know, um, Tavalan, uh, some of the Indian um, whiskies are also, you know, um, riding a little bit the tales of the Japanese, but also, you know, building on that kind of Asian whiskey um, reputation that's been growing and growing. Um, so interesting stuff. I think their biggest challenge is supply. Um, yeah. I don't think they have a lot of juice to kind of, you know, keep keep building the way that they have been. So. Um, probably a good thing for us, um, but um, yeah, it's, it's 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 quite impressive.
So that's the that's your whiskey's done. So we move on to the the final bit that we give you for your splendid isolation in the middle of well we don't really pick an ocean really but you know there, there are some disused oil rigs off the coast of Inverness which might be interesting. However, you do get a luxury. We might give you a book probably the works of Shakespeare or the Bible or something big and big and hefty but you get to choose your own luxury wow well apart from oil rigs in the north sea which doesn't sound that appealing to me um i certainly wouldn't like to be on one but if i was on a desert island far away what i would take with me would probably be my my garden it's my sanctuary um you know it kind of inspired me you know 10 years ago when I started working for Glenn Grant having visited the distillery and, and seeing what he had done he'd made this beautiful garden so I thought well you know I'm now living in the country and I've got half an acre so I started to plant a garden and now I have a pergola a fountain I've got about 15 different fruit trees I've got about nine oak trees it's just my little paradise so you know, when I get back from you know a busy trip or a, I'm working in the city um, and I come back and I just it just I just love it I just love the peace and tranquility and being in nature there's something very special and spiritual about it so my luxury would be to transport my garden to that desert island and I think I'd be quite happy probably with a few bottles of Glen Grant and a Yoishi and Wild Turkey are big and black bottle. Yeah, and I think we're going to have to give you a water supply as well, just in case. Uh, <laughs> maybe some ice as well. Um, maybe some ice as well. Yeah, I, th- I think we can let you off. Hot yeah. days. We can let you off with an ice maker as well. Maybe that comes as standard. So, thank You're you so for... Kind. Thank you so much for your time, and we will uh, cast you off to your island. Oh, I'm I'm dreaming about it already, Rob. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me on. No worries. Cheers for now. Thanks for joining me on this episode of From the Hip Flask. And join me next time for more adventures in music and spirits with me, Rob Allenson. And you can find me on Twitter, at Rob Allenson, and on Instagram, at Rob Allenson. So, hope to catch you next time. Cheers for now.